Again, the trick where you can't get enough of us. This is Grey Gamer. I'm Trev. Um, just when you thought it was once a week at best, you get us twice in a week. <laughs> and what, why why are we back again so quickly, Grey? Uh, yeah, we got caught off guard. Um, I We just did a review for the previous show, uh, episode. Three years and ago. I happen to be here, listening just to another uh, Star Trek guy online. And he starts commenting about like, well, we already saw the crossover lower decks. I'm going like, what do you mean you already saw it? I'm like, wait a minute. So I go to a, a site that I really like called Upguides, and Upguides uh, will show you all the different TV programs and the episodes, uh, et cetera. And I go on there and I look and I go, oh my God, the, the, the newest episode aired on, two days ago. And I'm like, what? And it was mm-hmm. only like three days or something like that after the other one that we just did. And for some strange reason, the Thursday coming up, they're not going to have an episode because that was the one that we would have watched this Thursday, but instead it, it aired a, a day or two ago. I'm like, no idea. I, I, I couldn't find out why it was done this way. There's no holiday. I, I completely lost as to what, why this was done, but it mm. was. So I told Trevor and Trevor's gone, what uh, WTF? And we're just going like, <laughs> we better watch it real quick. So all of a sudden we watch it. And yeah. Go, okay. What the fudge? Is what that means. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I yeah, like I had no clue, and I'm a, I'm grateful we have the episode early, Gray. I am, but I'm also peed <laughs> off. Gives you Thursday off. <laughs> what you think we're taking a break? No, no. I said it gives you Thursday off. See, it came early. There's nothing going on Thursday. <laughs> no, um, we. Uh, well we'll, well, we'll we'll do something, or we'll, we'll take a break. I don't really know, to be honest. With you. No, um, I'm. I know. I know what we'll do. We're gonna sing. Oh God, we'll no, tell you what that means later. No. <laughs> well, we will get Elephant out of the room in a moment. So yeah. So no, no. Listen, I'm grateful. The episode here is early because it is the best episode of the first two seasons. Full stop. With the scores that Gray and I have given it. Um, however, uh, I wasn't a. I wasn't informed. Paramount could have just like, did they tweet it out to say it was out early? Maybe they did. Um, you watch it in Paramount Plus. Did right. I mean? If we'd been, I don't remember hearing anything about it yeah. being. I, I mean, I I saw it. it said something like new episode, and I was like, oh, they're right, and it is a new episode. But there's no absolutely no explanation behind it. I haven't seen anything yet, so I don't know. I I don't know. It was just the strangest thing because I had no clue um, and it messes up their schedule, but it means we don't get another episode until a week of Thursday now. Um, right. And we've got three episodes left. So episode eight, I don't know what that's about, but episode nine is the musical that they were talking about, which I not many people are looking forward to because um, I have no well, issues against at, musicals. But, Looking no. at the schedule, uh, July, let's see here. Hmm. Actually, they even messed this up. Oh, no, they didn't. July 27th. That's not this Thursday, though, right? Or is it? July 27th oh, would oh, be this Thursday, Thursday, yeah. Okay, so they're not skipping it. I thought they were skipping because of the 
of the way they did it. Ah. So apparently they're not. So July 27th, this coming Thursday, will be under the cloak of war. Um, And then the following Thursday is Subspace Rhapsody, which is the musical that I don't understand. And the finale is the gone one, I hope. And uh, August 10th is Hegemony. Hegemony? Whatever. Um, (laughs) So it is kind of weird. We basically got one, two, three episodes within seven days. They've rushed it a week uh, just because they, what did they give it to the? They should have just shown it to the Comic Con people exclusively. That is part of the privilege mm-hmm. of getting a Comic Con ticket, which I understand completely. Um, it just well, Comic Con's a big fail because nobody's showing up because of the writers and actors strike. I know, but well, you so can't cancel goes it. that. You can't cancel it with. <laughs> I mean, that, that kind of had to go ahead. So we saw some cool yeah. trailers and stuff, which is nice, but. Um, yeah, it's a bit light of a light Comic Con. So yeah, it throws us off kilter a little bit, but uh, we are grateful. So we will be back at the end of the week, possibly as well. Then this was uh, this is so this is the episode season two episode seven review. Those old scientists, which uh, was the crossover with the Lord Dex guys. Um, right. Do you recall, Gray? I I didn't note it down. This camera's autofocus is absolutely garbage today. Um, did you pick up what those old scientists actually meant? Because it was said in that episode what it meant, but I don't recall. Is that ringing a bell to you? From what I recall, the reason why they called it that was because when they met the crew of the Enterprise 120 years in the past, they were they kind of all called them old scientists. Oh, right. So, I thought there was another know, reason for it, though, on top of that, like an actual official reason on top of that but maybe you're right no i think i think from what i got gathered from the episode it was just the fact that they were you know they were old scientists that's the way they kind of referred to them in in reverence you know but now all of a sudden they get to meet him and of course as you see when we do the review they go gaga so yeah well it's it's an apt name they are old today 120 odd years old um and that's the weird thing as well it sounds like when they're talking about Spock that these guys, or even Spock, none of these guys are around anymore, but Falcons lived 200 years, so I get the vibe that he wasn't, none of them are around in their time, when Spock should have been, but I don't know how old he is he's a young man in, um, in TOS and Pike's era so, interesting just thought of that. Well, I mean uh, it would depend on whether I don't know whether they said Spock was alive during lower decks time or not because Spock did did die um so i don't know if, I, I don't know if they refer to him as being there in their time still or whether he's ha, has he died in canon though like i, I don't I, I, I yeah that's what i'm trying to figure he out has it, he positive. hasn't died in canon mate he hasn't died in canon not yet no. okay no. then then realistically he's he, he went really to the, he went to the, the, the in the in this universe we think he has died because he actually went to the Kelvin universe, so he's in the Kelvin right. universe, which is a an absolute travesty that that actually happened. <laughs> but he's there now, so that's why they think he's dead, but he's not dead. If that makes sense. Okay, but in the sense of what our our timeline and because we don't dead. like Kelvin garbage missing, he's dead. Yeah, right. He's dead, Jim. Right. Um, there we go. We have to get that figured <laughs> that's out. That's exhausting, but we figured it out. Um, so yeah, uh, we we're really excited about this episode, and it's obviously going to be great because it was directed by the the god of directing Star Trek goodness, which <laughs> is Jonathan Fricks, and you can't really really go wrong with that. Uh, you can see his kind of 
class in it to be fair um we yeah. weren't sure how this episode would go gray like we had everything everyone had their misconceptions and their concerns right. and because one's animated and funny one's serious for the most part if you take her tag out anyway and uh, mm. live action and then you put them together it's a recipe for disaster but it kind of actually worked didn't it to be fair yeah i was i was happily surprised because i didn't know what to expect i was really concerned that it was going to come off not so good but, yeah hey I was very, very happy on how it did come off, so great. Yeah, we're happy with that. So we'll kick it off, of course, our, our usual in-depth um, diverging at every single point review. Um, a deep dive. A deep dive, yeah. <laughs> we we, um, we open up on the Cerritos uh, in animated, all its animated form. Now, I think I said to you, Gray, uh, at the very, very start that, I wasn't a big fan of the Sutos. I think it just looked like an ugly-ass ship. But it's supposed to be mm. a second-contact ship. It's not supposed to be a fancy uh, AAA-type starship. But it grew on me as the seasons went on because of what it went through. So it's California class has got a special place in my heart now. Um, and it's good to see we're back in animated form. Uh, with mm. it, looks, it looked like the start of a Lord Dex episode. Yeah, it did. It just looked like I was like, <laughs> I was like Wait what? a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Have they messed it up? Was, was someone drunk in the the the, the editing suite and po- po- posted the wrong one? Um, but yeah, no, they are back on there. We start with the, the Lord Dex side of things first of all, so we could find out how to actually get into live action. Um, and the Lord Deckers, as I'm calling them, the usual crew, uh, are excited to go down to a planet that's it's got this kind of port on it that looks like Stargate meets Event Horizon. It's the weirdest thing, and it's been out of juice for a long time. But this planet's got like um, it's got like swirling effects around it, radiation or something. I don't know what they describe it as the portal planet or something. Um, did you do you recall what that was going around the the planet? It just looked weird. It was like yeah, it just it just looked. Like it looked, I guess, kind of strange looking weather. Yeah, like stormy, um, like Jupiter or something, you know. Um, kind of makes you think. Kind of makes you think of uh, uh, Guardian of Forever, because Guardian of Forever looked kind of had a weird looking planet with the weird sounds and the sky that looked strange. Maybe. You know, so maybe maybe it was done on purpose or well, as an homage, maybe. Maybe if you have a portal or something that powerful, putting really crap weather on the planet might deter some people for going down let's make it look like no one ever wants to come but like the the whole planet looks well from where where they beam down it looks pretty dead and we see this later on uh, gray i don't think it's jumping ahead we see this later on with the live action folk as well that um the planet's background normally what they use is they use um i think they actually call it not a green screen a blue screen and they literally can put any planet background or whatever they want onto it like literally like a big tv sure. right and it's really supposed to be high con- contrast and quality i said to gray in the notes here that i didn't think it looked that great compared to other ones they've used it just didn't look great it looked like a, a pastel kind of coloring maybe something similar to tos but tos actually used a combination well, well probably used uh practical effects for the most part that's why every bloody planet had the same kind of reddish kind of color or whatever hue in the background 
It didn't look the best grey, did it? It wasn't. Yeah, I made a I made a mention later in our in our notes about yeah. the old matte paintings. Because TOS uses a lot of matte paintings, um, and they're very very nice paintings, and they look yeah. good. But they gave the illusion of, you know, a big city or you know whatever the case may be, and so it kind of looked almost like a matte painting. But I'm I, I was wondering if they did it on purpose to make it look still a little animated. True. True. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You've got animated background. In fact, no, we don't. Do we see it? Yeah, we see that the background animated, and we see it in live action as well. Um, mm -hmm. So, an animated don't look the same regard. But anyway, it's just a nitpick. It just it doesn't look their usual high quality standards. Um, but there's this portal sitting in the middle of it looks like nowhere, but it's been out of juice for a long, long time. Um, and the guys are all excited, including. Rutherford, he's geeking out because he literally, that's, that's, it's a wet dream for this guy. He loves everything to do with this side of things. And they're all excited to go down. Um, and when they're standing near it, it's Boimler standing on it, first of all. I think it's, I don't know if it's Mariner or someone else that takes a picture of him, like one of those hollow right. camera thingies. And that turns, <laughs> that turns, turns off, on. It turns on the portal. <laughs> and then, Next thing you need, next thing you see, he just goes. He's pulled through, and he goes flying out, and he wait, he stands up and wait, he's in front of uh, Una, Spock, and Lang, and he's in live action. And okay, first of all, what do we think of this? I loved him personally in live action, great because not only does he look like him, I love the uniform, which I mentioned at one point as well in live action, yeah. and he's got the same bloody purple hair as well. <laughs> Thoughts. <laughs> I noticed it. I wasn't sure at first. I, I looked at his hair and it looked more blackish because it was dark. But then when you see the light come off of it, you see it's the blue hair. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. They actually is it, did is blue. It, was it like dark purple or dark blue or something? Or Yeah. But was, yeah. And you, you couldn't catch it. It was more like the highlights. So when the lights shine down it properly, you see the blue highlights all over. Yeah. And I'm going like, OK, <laughs> all right. And he's starstruck. He's like, you are. Uh, it, I think he passed out at one point as well. <laughs> Too yeah, he was. I think the, the the journey was too much for him. But he was. But when he's looking at them, going like, "Oh, you're Spock, and you're oh, boom, <laughs> he's out." Because roughly like, about uh, roughly about the same time, the Enterprise comes to this planet and beams down and is checking out this portal and just kind of scanning it and stuff. And that's why those two meet together. I recall uh, the Lord Decker saying that. This planet and this portal was discovered by Pike and his crew back in 120 years. And you've got right. Tendi saying, no, 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 it was the Ryans. And yeah, we discovered it was my great-grandmother, my grandmother that was on there. And we take the credit and they're just like, no, it was, it was Starfleet. I'm sorry, Tendi. Um, so I found that amusing. Um, and then obviously the two meet up at the exact same time. Uh, he passes out Boimler and then uh, he he wakes up uh, up in the, the the Enterprise. But the intro was animated, which I absolutely yeah. loved, and so did Gray, didn't you? Oh, it's just and I, it was it was a nice little touch. So it was so the majority of the, with the exception of a little bit, the majority of the uh, open was all animated exactly as the live one was. Mm. Uh, but they did make a little change, which, which we. Uh, which I pointed out in the notes, and that was that you creature that was, was, which attached itself to the Cerritus's nacelle and was sucking on it or whatever it was doing. 
this time they showed the Enterprise with that same creature <laughs> stuck on in the cell. And I'm like, okay, it, that's a nice little touch. Yeah. Uh, but the animation was really good. It was, it was, they, they pretty much followed along everything that you, you saw in the, the yeah. real open of Strange New Worlds. And it was just kind of like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's I mean, pretty neat. there might have been other things in there that we missed. That was the most obvious thing that yeah, I, I saw. I'm going to go back and look at it again. The only other thing I maybe I saw or didn't see, I wasn't sure, was when they're, when the Enterprise is flying through a, a asteroid field, you actually saw the asteroids hitting the shield in the animated. I'm not so sure that was in the regular one. I have to see that again. Ah, maybe that happens to the Cerritos. Maybe that's why. Huh. Interesting. It was interesting. I, yeah, I have to go back and look and see if there's any little Easter egg changes they dumped in there that we don't notice. All right. Homework for Gray for the next episode. He'll do his wash up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was a nice little touch, that alien thing. Oh, sucking on a, on a more ancient form of warp juice. Um so yeah, it was a nice little touch for sure. Um, when they're back up in the Enterprise, when there's many laughs throughout this, because you get subtle little laughs and chuckles with uh, Strange New Worlds anyway. Uh, but sure. when you stick in uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, aka Boimler and Mariner, it just turns into a comedy. And this is why it works really well. It's funny without going over the top funny. That was our, that was I think both yeah. of our concern. They would turn this into a Lord X episode, and that wouldn't work. It right. just wouldn't right. work. So there was a nice balance of seriousness and humour as well. Um, so credit to the director and the writer for that. Um, the the guys Una and Pike are uh, discussing uh, Boimler's com badge. They kind of they're not stupid. They're like. Tap on it and this communicates and it does everything in the one go. And they're not blown away because they know the future holds better technology. But <laughs> what what's their what's their opinion of the fans the, the future uh, comes badge compared to their own communication system, Gray? Yeah, they they prefer their their old uh, their old way. Like Pike makes a comment about like and like you can't even flip it open. You know, I mean, flipping it open is what we what we like part. to do. <laughs> It's the best, yeah, right, exactly. It's the best part. And then Unigo says, I know, I like ours better. <laughs> That's a good way of going around it, though, isn't it? Instead of going, yeah. oh, wow, we feel so in- inferior right now. Right, or something. Yeah, we like ours better. True. And, why, and, they, and, and, why, why do they do this? <laughs> you get the replicators, uh, the replicator communicator things where you can flip it open that makes the noises and stuff. You know, you've got no. smartphones at the moment, mobile phones that, um, they're 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 called flip phones or fold phones. I had the fold phone before, uh, Gray, but you have a sure. flip one, which is Samsung's yep. one. It just looks like a slab, and you can close it, and it go, it's like a little clamshell. But a lot of people get that, and they just flip it open, including the yeah, guy that's yeah. a big Star Trek guy. So people are doing this. So yeah, it probably is better. <laughs> Nostalgic. Um, so yeah, more tactile uh, feel, right? You know, more tactile feel. Yeah. Well, this is why Tom Paris builds builds the Delta Flyer later on in life. More tactile knobs and switches, you know. So, um, so yeah, the old com system for the win here. Uh, <laughs> so I chuckle before I even read these things. Boimler wakes up eventually uh, and immediately freaks out and looks about and goes, "End program." <laughs> everyone's just like <laughs> computer end program, and everyone's confused. Like what? What the end? There's no holodeck shit, guys. Remember, it's uh, yep. next gen no onwards. Holodeck. You know, so that was that was a really smart bit of writing. Really funny line. Yeah. That's what you would think if you were freaking out, Gray, and you woke up, you'd be like, yeah, yeah someone's got me in a sure. realistic simulation here. 
end. <laughs> um, but then he he freaks out when he sees uh, number one. We don't know why at this stage. Everyone else he's like normally shocked with Boimler, but now he's just like, "Whoa, okay, you you're number one." It, he totally freaks out. We find out later on, obviously, why he freaks out. Um, and live action, sorry, animation doesn't do it justice until you see him in live action. But Jack Quaid, who plays uh, Boimler, is bloody tall. Especially when he's standing yeah, beside yeah. Laan. I mean, she's smaller, yes, but wow, this guy must be six foot plus or something. <laughs> six two, six. Yeah, def- definitely not a short person. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's the son of um, Dennis Quaid, isn't he? The famous Dennis Quaid. Yeah, is that right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, Laan's having a little word with him. He, she's um, kind of. He can't ruin the timeline, right? Which is the most important thing. His future knowledge, he can't ruin the timeline, which is essential. Right. And he knows that temporal mechanics are taught from TOS era onwards. So he knows this. He can't really say too much. Laan kind of basically gives him the rules and then makes up a rule at the end to say, don't get too close to someone. He's like, is that, is that a thing? She's like, mm, maybe not officially, but yeah, trust me, don't do it. And Boimler's not stupid. He's like, have you time travelled? She doesn't quite admit right. it, Grey, but she just like, listen, stuff's happened and I've been there and it's difficult and just be careful. I like that because she wasn't supposed to tell anyone, but because he's a time traveller himself, it makes it okay, maybe? Or maybe or she had a weak moment, I think, and wanted to warn him. And, th- and that was the only part, uh, or there is little parts here and there where uh, where the seriousness comes in over the humor, and that was one of them. You could tell yeah. from the look on Lon's face because she saw Kirk get killed, was killed in her adventure on the timeline, and she was getting a little, just a little bit emotional, and wanted him to avoid that if it ever ha- happened. Don't get close to somebody because yeah. they could be, you know, get killed or whatever. So it was yeah. nice. It was a nice serious moment for a second because she was recalling what what went on, and yeah. then they kind of just, you know. You know, got rid of that and went back on to normal stuff. The the, the humor comes immediately straight after. Don't worry. Um, right. I totally made an arse of this one. I he's really excited. I don't know if he's in like uh, Boimler's in Ahura's room or whatever. If it's I, I can't. I don't recall what setting it was. But he's on top of what I thought. I put a buckaroo. That's the bloody game. He's on a bucking bronco. Right. Same idea, you know. I just I, I don't, I don't looking bronco or the bull. Uh, you know, yeah, the thing bull, you sit on that moves you know. about and. But it doesn't move about. That would have been hilarious if that actually moved about I, as well. I was kind of waiting to see if, <laughs> if it was going to move because I thought that would have been funny, but they didn't do it. So I was like, okay. Whatever. I was like, maybe Ahura's got this to work in her core, you know, and strength and all that. No, no, it's just, it's... I, uh, was, I, I, was, I was trying to figure out whether that was really her quarters or not because she came in and said, well, I need to get some work done here. And I was... So I don't know whether that was like a... A general a place. separate room, yeah, yeah, like a separate room that they can go to. Yeah, uh, that's open, open to the, open to the crew, in other words, or something like that. Probably would be a quarters. That'd be a bit inappropriate, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, because as we saw her quarters before with the, uh, I think with the Leon, Leon the, last episode, so whatever smaller, it was, they're that, smaller. Right, right, they're smaller, and there wasn't any bullet <laughs> or yeah. wasn't any uh, horse. In she's it, she's but. an ensign. That's the size of a bloody captain's room. That's a big ass room, man. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that's a general room that they just bring people in, yeah. whatever. It's yeah. so it's not a it's not even really a bucking bronco. I think it's just it's something you place a saddle on, 
that's what it is, and she must really be into horse, or whoever owns it must really be into horse riding. So it's a it's an old yeah. saddle that's on it. So it's, basically, what that thing does is it simulates best it can uh, horseback riding, uh, but in particular, a horse that is has to be broken, which means the horse is trying to kick you off, mm-hmm. and you got and you got to hold on. So that, that's so that's essentially what what it is. It, it's in I don't I think they still have them in some uh, country bars and stuff. Yeah. Either that or the bull. But it was kind of interesting to see it there. It's like, okay. And sometimes that's really, really difficult to do, Gray, especially if you're trying to ride and tame a wild horse and say Zelda or something. You need at least three stamina bars, and let, otherwise you're kicked yeah, off. Yeah, So there you go. <laughs> You'll find that out when you play that game. Um, so, yeah, um, that was amusing, that section there. Uh, she just kind of looks at him a little bit funny. And he's just in awe because this is a hoorah. She's just like, I'm 22, I know nothing. Like, what, everyone's, everyone's looking up to me. And he lets little things slip without actually breaking the timeline rules, which is maybe yeah, a bit too much. Little hints, yeah. you know? Because she's like, oh, I've got to live up to be this person, and which is a bit of pressure without, te- without sure. breaking any rules, you know? So anyway, um, I found that amusing. Back on the planet, though, um <laughs> Boiler keeps staring at Mbenga and Spock, right? Because they go down there to check it out, to to scan this thing, see if they can get them back home. And they're all doing their thing, trying to analyze the portal, get them back. Uh, And uh, he gets excited, Boiler, when he sees the old style tricorder as well, like the ancient thing. He's like, ooh, shiny. Like, can I have a look at it? And Benga's just like, yeah, sure, man. It's just a bloody tricorder. Like, we'll go. I think it was, I I don't know if it was a medical one or a normal one, but. Um, I think it was a normal one. Yeah. Yeah, because the tricorder does a bunch of things. But the cool thing was that was the only time we actually saw a close-up of the tricorder in Strange New Worlds episode. True. Because he because he was handling it. And I was looking close at it because I've seen them on TOS. And I, they did a pretty good replica uh, from TOS. They, they did a few things where they made it a little shiny or whatever. But but essentially, it was looking pretty much like the, the ones from TOS. Which it would have to. cool. Yeah, have to really, really. Yeah. Um, so, but they, before they can finish what they're doing, they have to get out of Dodge quickly. They have to beam back to the ship as a, an Orion ship appears out of the blue, and you don't get mm. to see it in detail. This Orion ship, but it just looks weird, man. It just looks like no, not even it's alien for an alien sh- starship. You know, it just looks yeah. weird. It, it looks like something more out of an exotic sci-fi show than than Star Trek. Yeah. You know. Um, kind of looked like a, je- like a jellyfish or something. Yeah, it was oh, more round. Yeah. Like Kelvin verse or something. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good shout, Gray, actually. Um, so they go back in yellow alert because uh, pirate uh, the, the Orions are rumored or stereotyped as being pirates. And we come to that later on uh, in the series, uh, why that's a bad thing. Um, so yellow alert, just to put the shields up. Um, Boimler goes to the bridge. I this guy gets we talk at one point about how they get too much free reign and this this is an ensign just getting willy nilly accessed and it happens a lot in Star Trek too many people of lower ranks get access to the bridge far too easily for me but it's a lackadaisical kind of setup isn't it I guess Um, so he goes to the bridge and is extremely excited really and they use the first person camera view sometimes which was a little bit weird but 
he was he's like a kid in a candy store. He absolutely loved being on the bridge. It's like, oh my god, it's the original Enterprise. And we would do the same if we were in his shoes. I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't blame him. Um apparently, uh, as we keep hearing, Gray's mentioned this as well, Ortega is a war hero in the future. Would you like to see some backstory on her at some point in the future? Or because you don't like her like I don't like her, who cares? And we move on. Well, I, I would like to see an episode because they keep on talking about how she was involved in the Klingon War and how she was really uh, she was really outstanding in the Klingon War and how she was able to do all kinds of things and save people and all this stuff. So I'm sitting there going like, you say it so much during the first and second season. It's mentioned a few times. I'm like, all right. I want to see an episode with her then and find try to find out what happened during the Klingon War because I think that would be kind of interesting. It was it not only flesh her character out a little bit, which would be cool, but we also get to see that war because we never really saw it. No. So it would be cool. So I'm thinking that would be a neat episode to do in the, in the future. I hope, Hopefully they do. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, as long as it's good. That's all we ask. Uh, mm-hmm. Boiler tells Pike that the the Orion ship in question is peaceful and Pike's like careful what you say Mr. Burnley you know like kind of that look that your father would give you here in trouble you know um, which works out his the faces Pike pulls in this and sit yeah. down are priceless it just sums up the kind of father figure looking down to these guys you know or them looking up um and well, they're con- they're constantly praising him, and I think he's getting to like the point where he's kind of like, all right, I gotta like calm this thing down a little. Oh yeah, he does because they're or, they're always saying something like amazing about him, like you were the this and you were the that and you were the, like, oh, oh, okay. yeah, it's, it's, it, he can handle that pressure a bit more. He's an experienced captain, but the other guys like Ahura and stuff, they kind of struggle, understandably. So would we in her shoes. Um, he Boimler is. He's aware of the rules. He just he's trying his best not to break them, but help at the same time. So he's like, Captain, listen, I, I know I'm not trying to break the rules here. Please take my word. They are peaceful. They're a science vessel. Um, that's all I'll say. Please take my word on it. Um, and Pike listens to him. You know, he goes with his gut. Maybe he shouldn't <laughs> discover in a moment. Um, <laughs> but the the the, the Orions then it's too late. They see this portal down there. They discover, well, they discover it, they, 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 they've, they've scanned it, and they literally beam the whole thing up and bloody warp away. And then it's the look that Pike gives Boiler in terms yeah, like, Looks at Boiler and goes like, you're screwed, buddy. I should throw you in the brig. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, what did I do? <laughs> and he's just looking yeah. like, uh, well, technically it is a science vessel, maybe, as we find out later on, but... Um, yeah, so that was amusing. Uh, it's the look. The look was just priceless. You don't need to say anything. Um, back at the uh, at the crew lounge, it was great not seeing actually. We get. Um, I like this scene. We get Ortega and Chapel winding up Boimler, which amused me. So it's not just Mister Boimler and Lord Dex that can have fun. So can our Enterprise crew as well. Um, and they're just they're just teasing them a little bit. Future boy, this future boy, that. Boimler does slip up slightly when he mentions the day, uh, the fact that it's Pike's birthday uh, very, very soon. And immediately as soon as he does it, he's like, oh, God damn it, what have I done? Not breaking the yeah, timeline goes, oh. as such, but, you know, this is this is Pike here. He might not be impressed with that. If he's anything like Jean-Luc Picard, who bloody hates his birthday being celebrated. So um, I found that one amusing. Um, now, 
They also they also told him uh, they were t- making up a story. Oh, uh, Nurse Chapel tells Boimler he's, when they were talking about tachyons and time and all oh, that stuff. Yes, says, yeah. And he starts sounding like, yeah, well, you know, you're going to get the tachyon poisoning kind of thing. And do you feel ill or you feel like you're going to throw up or anything? And he's like, what are you talking about? He believes he says, it. Well, yeah, that, that might come later. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he so believes then, it. He's a sucker. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, they, they tease him pretty good, to be fair. Um, he deserves it. He gives it out, so he gets it, some back. Um, this bit is brilliant. I think Gray loved this just as much as I did. Boimler has a great idea to track the Orions with his future knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says, listen, if you don't see what I'm going to do, we're not breaking any rules, are we? And I can undo what I've done afterwards. And they're kind of pikes looking around. Yeah. Sounds like madness, yeah. but it makes sense. There's logic of what you're saying. Yeah, sure. Like how worse, how much worse could it get? He does, he does actually yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and I love this. Next thing you see, this is bloody priceless. You see the crew, the bridge crew, standing with their backs to Boimler, Boimler's at one of the bloody uh, control panels with cables pulled everywhere, putting, plugging this in and pulling that out. And and there's, a you say, a big, big uh, blue, blue button, button there as well. And I'm just like, and he just it's presses just, it's it. It's just freaking big. It's like this, you can't miss it. <laughs> oh, so where did that come from? That wasn't part of the standard attire. Um, that was he, slap, he hits that button. And then, you know. and then it works. How easy was that? It, it was like... I don't mind it being that simple and stupid because it was hilarious and it worked. That was a yeah. bloody good scene, Gray, wasn't it? I'm a big fan. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> um, yeah, so he didn't break the rules, manages to find them a little bit, which is good. Um, what I found interesting was um, afterwards, Pike manages to persuade the Ryans when they catch up to give him the portal back in a trade. Now, again, Boimler's trying not to ruin things, Gray, by giving yeah. future knowledge, but he's just like, please go down the route of, you're a, you're a great leader, you're a great negotiator, and all this kind of thing, that like, do your thing. And he's like, okay, no pressure. And that's when he convinces, he's like, I've got all this grain on board that was going to be for this planet that we're going to, and they needed this, and we'll give you the grain if you give us the portal back. And then um, right. they take the trade. Because they scanned, they scanned the, the ship, actually. Weird. You don't... How did they manage to scan the ship? The shields must shields have been down. Shields are down. Yeah, like, yeah. do you not have your, your shields up at your alert if they're supposed to be pirates? No, but there was a point where uh, Bormler was talking about how they were peaceful, and that's when he stand down, because Pike gave the order to stand down, true, which means they kept the shields down. Slightly risky, but you know he's taking he's taking his word on that one. Um, now, at this stage, it's time for uh, Boims, as we used to, as Mariner sometimes calls them, Boims to go home, back uh, back on the planet when they get the portal back. Um, there's enough for one more trip through of this isotope, this uh, exotic matter, as I'm calling it, to go back through the, the portal. And just as he's about to step through. <laughs> Mariner comes through the other side yeah, and comes flying through. <laughs> Not him. They both go it's flying him. like skittles. I, I was like, I'm just, I was like, where is she? She's supposed to be in this, and I'm glad she turned up. It's not Lord Dykes without Mariner, you know. So, yeah. um, I was, oh, oh, 
twice the trouble now. The look in their faces, as Spock's face and everything else, was just pretty. And Boimler's like, "What did? Why? Why? I'm coming to save you. I'm coming to save you." But there was only enough juice for one trip. What have you done? Oh God. And the what is I, the, I love the, uh, the the look on Pike's face too when he sees oh yeah them all he's Double like screwed. he's looking at them and, like, and then he goes he gets out his communicator and goes five to beam up <laughs> <laughs> adding her in like oh god what is the first thing that Mariner says to Boimler as soon as she sees um, the the crew of the Enterprise do you remember the funny line she mentions about Mister Spock. Um, Remember that? No. She, she says about Mister Spock. She 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 whispers in his ear. She uh, she's like, "Wow, young Spock is hot, isn't he, man?" Like, what, remember that? Yeah. He's like, "Why? I didn't realize it was so hot." I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, yeah." And I remember now. And then later on, she said something about the ears. She goes like, "The ears, man." Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the, you know, that's the thing. Like, um, like she, okay. She won a piece of Mister Spock. Everyone's won a piece of Mister Bloody Spock. Um. So, yeah, I found that amusing. Um, the plan now, going forward, Gray, is they're going to try and... Mariner and uh, Boimler are going to try and stick to what they know by helping out. Um, Mariner's going to work with Ahura on the siphon, some old uh, language quotes. They're trying to find a way of getting themselves back. And, and she's decent with linguistic stuff, and Hura is obviously the, the queen of lingu- linguistics. Um, and Spock's going to work with Boimler, which is the funniest one, because he's got a little bit of kind of chemistry background, engineer background. He can help with that. That's the funniest stuff as we come to between those two, man. I'm just, I was, I just, yeah, I, I want to say it now, but I'm not going to say it now, because I'll just burst out laughing far, far too early. Um now, well, what, before we get into the, the funny part, though, yeah. the, a little bit of a backstory was prior to this scene, uh, there was a scene where, where Boimler was, uh, Boimler was talking about uh, uh, things happening by chance, and Spock looked at him and laughed, and then everybody was going like, what's this with the laugh? And then Mbenga was going like, yeah, that, that's kind of new. And as we see you know, in, in the later episodes, <laughs> Spock is trying to figure out the human side of things so he's trying to kind of adapt and thinks that these are things that should be done when conversing with humans so he just does them yeah figuring that kind of breaks the ice or something with humans or whatever he's still learning and so this opens up this opens up more funny moments which we're which we're going to get into right now yeah yeah um the Boiler's got an image of Spock. Most people do. Not so much of his funny human side, more of his serious Vulcan side, which is what's concerning Boimler, basically. Um, and he's not really sure how to approach it. But at this stage, as we know, Spock, like Gray said, is is experience, or is trying to experience his, his half-human side. And that's what... But he does it completely... He has a laugh randomly, loudly, a, a, a joke that wasn't even that funny. Um, that catches everyone off surprise and he does things like this all the way through the episode there was a moment when Boimler and um, uh, Mr. Spock are working together uh, the, the plan is they can they can literally make a synthetic version of this exotic matter that need breaking down other elements whatnot, doing chemistry future stuff basically stuff that we don't have a clue about um, and they've got like this little pan thing that they, you know, they put the materials in and they turn it on and they heat it up and they spin it round. 
and Mr. Spock says... <laughs> it starts sparking and everything. It just, it just, he's like, do you fancy... <laughs> do you, but he says, he kind of, he says, do you, as long as you don't mind losing a hand, like trying to joke, Mr. Boimler's just like, what? And then he smiles straight after and he says, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what is this? And he's like, yeah, this, this possibly, this may possibly blow up here. Uh, and it starts sparking like Gray says. Uh, and what I noticed here was, Mr. Boimler says, is it going to blow up? And Mr. Spock says, yeah, very possibly. And then <laughs> it starts sparking and making more noises. Mr. Boimler does, I don't want to cross the board, Boimler's doing his usual scream thing that Jack Quay does very right. well, like the, the kind of high peach thing. He's, ah, running away, oh. like a coward. And Mr. Yeah. Spock's just walking away casually, like, yeah, it may blow up, let's take cover. Very Vulcan-like, you know. <laughs> and then it does blow up everywhere, and the camera's right in front of their faces. That was so funny, that scene, man. That was so yeah. good. I'm happy with that. It was, like, it, it was like I mentioned, it was like a good old high school lab explosion when you're yeah. sitting there doing something wrong and, the, and you're like, well, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and what, yeah, and what, those two work so well together, mate. I, I just found it hilarious, yeah. those two actually doing their thing together. And I realized I jumped a little bit forwards and backwards with notes here, but um, that was pretty amusing. Um, yeah. We find out why... Uh, Boimler's losing the plot when he sees number one. And at this stage, it turns out to be different later on, it's because he has a pin-up poster of Una Chinrile, uh <laughs> at the moment, and she's a bit disgusted by that. She's like, okay, yeah, why did you tell me that? Please no. Well, she well she even <laughs> says he says, "Do you mean a do you mean a pinup picture?" Like, yeah. Well, it's a and picture. He's like, well, and he's up. like, uh, well, uh, you know, uh, and, he's, and so she's thinking. <laughs> Right, like everybody, like at that point, everybody else is thinking like a model or something. Scant- yeah. Like she's right, like she's scantily clad, and he has a picture of her or whatever. <laughs> How would he have so, got that? <laughs> exactly. Um, so they they stop talking about it because constantly they're always saying like, "Don't tell me anymore. I don't. You're messing things up for the timeline. I don't want to know. You know, stop talking." So they do that like all through the episode. They're just like, "Okay, okay, I I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Don't I don't want to know. I don't want to know." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> at one point, uh, Una, Ortega, and Mariner take a break because Una is very much a workaholic, but Mariner is the naughty person that manages to convince him to take a break. She's actually nitpicking at Starfleet regulations that en- right. enable her to take lots of time away from her work, basically. And the three of them bl- literally go to the officer's bar. And at Center Hall, I don't think it's a thing at this stage, as we've discussed before. So they're, Mariner's mm. making exotic drinks which they try a couple, and the whole time Ahura's still working away at the side. You know, when like, you're trying to be in a meeting, but your phone's here, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm paying attention. She's working, like, put it down, woman. Have this drink. She takes the drink. She's like, oh, Mariner makes it good the stuff. the whole thing in one shot, though, too. And Mariner's just like, whoa. Your just goes like this. Your just goes, go, 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 go. And they're like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that. <laughs> Mariner's like, you go, girl. Go on yourself. I wasn't expecting that, actually. Um, don't mess with Ahura. Don't mess with She'll, she'll out-drink <laughs> no. you. Um, so I did find that. There were a little bonding time between the girls, which was pretty amusing. Now, let's say the mm. thing with Spot going kind of hilariously wrong. Um, I briefly noted, Gray, that there was, there's not a hell of a lot to talk about here, but Boimler does meet Pe- uh, Pelly as well. It was right. good. that She's not a main cast character. Uh, she's a recurring cast character, which I very much like Hemmer. 
I really think the chief engineer should be a main cast character of Grey, in my opinion. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think so. That's fair. I think so. Yeah. It's your chief engineer, man. <sighs> it's not as if it's uh, Billups, Billups on the on the Cerritos, the, the chief engineer there. We obviously see right. Lord Decker. Um, so, yeah, Boims is um, sneaking around the shuttlecraft later on, and this is the first time we see a better look at the shuttlecraft or shuttlecraft bay and uh, the Enterprise. You don't really see it much because it's another set that they don't really need to build, so they don't. Sure. Um, and he's hiding there, and he's being a little bit sussy. He kind of sneaks in board, looking about, and then the flashlight catches... I said I called it a flashlight. Great. Torch. Oh. I said flashlight. flashlight over here. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it without <laughs> even thinking. I've been converted slowly but surely. Uh, you know, <laughs> the shiny thing you hold up. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it scans upon someone sitting in a corner and, and it's Mariner. And, and, and Boimler shits himself. He is such a big girl's blouse. He scares so easily, but it's hilarious. He literally screams. Sure. Um his plan was going to be he felt really guilty about the grain that was for that planet being traded for the portal to save him and Mariner, or him initially. So he's yeah. going to maybe try and sneak away, steal a shuttle and get this grain back. Thankfully, that doesn't come to pass. But I'm thinking at this stage, Grey, this is where the serious part of it comes in. Because mm-hmm. it is funny throughout, but this is a very serious ethical uh, thing that's going on, he feels really guilty and bad about a whole planet that may starve because right. they don't have the grain. So, Boimler has a sense of serious side, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, which I found amusing. Um, <laughs> I I, I kind of actually forgot because I was so excited about this episode. I do. I forgot to mention the little experiment between. Uh, Spock and uh, Boimler, where just just before it blows up, he actually turns around to Boimler and actually says, do you feel lucky? That was his second hilarious thing. Yeah, and exactly. then he smiled. Do you feel lucky? He smiled. And but he did one of those just fake like... smiles, just like, like, because he doesn't know how to do it. He's just yeah. kind of like, exaggerating, trying to make a joke. He's trying to make an exaggerated joke. And he goes, do you feel lucky? And he goes, it's like, it's like... <laughs> Boimler looked freaked out, but I see he's like, you're doing it again, yeah. Mark. You're doing it again. Um, sorry, that I just noticed that part and I forgot to mention it before. So, oh, let's, let's not forget too when uh, uh, in the notes too that you had mentioned um, when he saw a Mariner, he, he yells, Holy Q! <laughs> yeah, Shh, can't say that. The Mariner's going, know. like, No, 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 don't talk about that yet. <laughs> it's like, Oops, so, don't, they don't know great. about Q yet. Shut up, shut up. Hey, Sod's Law, they will try and I really hope they don't try and find a way to put Q into. Strange New Worlds, and then write it in so yeah. that everyone forgets, because that would just be a cheap way around it, man. Leave no, they've already be. got him in, uh, well, if Legacy ever happens, Q's still around, so. Well, no, that, I mean, Strange New Worlds is, I mean, I mean, Strange New Worlds, not Lord X. Because he's, he's been you in know Lord what, X one once. The, there is one thing that uh, I think it was Mariner that said it that was kind of interesting. When when she said uh, they don't know about Q yet, and then they and then she goes and it's a Trelane kind of thing. Oh, now Trelane, Trelane was a was a hero that was in a TOS episode, and Trelane was another godlike creature, right? But he was very similar to Q. Huh. And the, the fan the fans out there think 
or have, have it's not canon now. This is not exactly canon. But the fans out there think that Trelane and Q are actually related races because Trelane had many of the same powers, it looked like, that Q did later. And so when she dropped that line about, you know, Q, I said, yeah, it's some kind of a Trelane Q thing. I'm like, oh, okay. I messed up, part. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I heard that, and I just, oh, you got to be a TOS guy like me to, to pick up on that. I'm like, oh, I hear that, and I go like, okay. Oh, they should drop do that something. Little, drop that little Easter egg in there. Okay. They, should, they should do something. They should rediscover that then, if that's the case. Oh, I would love back. to see that. Yeah, why I not? I mean, the, the actor that played Trelane is no longer around, but but if they but if they pick on a good actor that could do it, it would be very interesting to see Trelane and Q together. So, Oh, like a little yeah. war. Yeah, yeah maybe. Standoff. We'll see. Okay, okay. Um, well, that's another episode that you have to go back and watch on TOS. I haven't tied it to the list then, I think, my man. They keep on pointing these things out to you. Uh, hey, yeah, I've watched some of the episodes you've told me to watch. I know. Every single one? No, but I've watched several of them. Um, I'm a list of five, everybody saw two. Uh, no, I saw <laughs> three, actually. Three, okay, three. Three, three or four. Um, I noted here, Gray, it was just one of our nitpicks that, and I'm touching it earlier on in the review, is it just me mm-hmm. or those these two allowed a little bit too much free reign around the ship? No, they're definitely allowed too much. That was one. That was one of my nitpicks, and I also think that they say they said way too much about the future. I oh, mean, yeah. I know it was kind of, I know it was kind of comical. It's and they those two, to keep, though. <laughs> no, yeah, and they tried to keep it under wraps or whatever. But no, but yeah, but even the crew of the Enterprise said a couple of things like, "Well, what else did I do?" You know, and they really shouldn't be saying that. And then they would say, "Oh, no, no, never mind." Yeah. So it's it's a nitpick, but it but it is something they probably should have tamed down a little bit and not constantly like bring up all the time. Yeah. Like, bup, bup. you know, they they were dropping you know these 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 bombs all the time about things that were in the big in the future. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, you need to be like be a little less quiet about that. Nothing super obvious. Not like on this star date, this thing happened. It was more subtle right. things, but it, like we said before, it adds. For Ahura, it was adding pressure onto her young shoulders that she's going to be this great person in the future. Right. And Gray's right. Um, that's why when we get to the scores, it takes a little nud, uh, not a little bit off, just slightly for that reason. Um, mm. <laughs> I spoke too soon, literally, I, I, as I'm typing this out, put my notes and thoughts down because right after um, they, 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 they get caught. Um, and Pike literally gives them hell uh, for what they're doing in his own quarters. He basically gives them both barrels. Um, he's confined them to quarters, and yes, it's the famous Starbase one they're going to go to. I just put Starbase <laughs> down at the time, but yeah, Gray's right. Gray's like, why is it always Starbase one? That is true. It's always Star. I mean, mo- more times than not, it always one? seems to be Starbase one, Starbase one, Starbase one. I'm like, we're going to go Starbase one. I'm like, oh. Like, all right, okay. It's another side I, I of the don't galaxy. Mind. I, I don't mind. I, and I'm not nitpicking at all. I think it's kind of cool because it's it's kind of like the go-to, you know, Starbase. They always talk about when something goes on or they have to, you know, dump sure. a guest off that they picked up on the way. Oh, we'll bring you to Starbase One. Like, oh. So it's always Starbase One. Like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Where, where's the other Starbases, man? Come on. Other Starbases like, well, exist. <laughs> I would uh, love to see one of them come back and say, like, well, Starbase 12 is a lot closer. Nah, Starbase 1. Got to go there. <laughs> Just like it's uh, the Enterprise is only the ever bloody ship of the quadrant as well. It's the same same idea, you know. Um, how many, how many ship hundreds there. of ships have you got? And you're the only one. I know. It's like, like 
I hate to tell you this, Jim, but you're the only ship on the quadrant. <laughs> Why am I always the same ship on the quadrant? Leave me alone. <laughs> um, the, the humor does continue. Um, yes. Where Mariner says Boimler couldn't handle being locked up um, because he, he, couldn't, he, he couldn't handle being locked up by the guy he dressed up as is Halloween. And immediately, Anson Mount kills this. He goes, what? <laughs> he was yeah, know, shocked like... and disturbed at the same time. He's like, really? And she's like, yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> Dressed up as Pike as Halloween. I can just see that. <laughs> now now they're going to have to do that in a Lower Decks episode. They have to have him dress up. They now better, they, Now that they brought it up. They absolutely better. And and um, I I think we, we touch upon this, that they'll probably, you mentioned that they will at least acknowledge this crossover when they do Lord Dex starting in yeah. September. So they have to do that. Um, I just want to see more. Of, I'm actually missing Lord Dex because of this humor that I saw in this episode. Well, so. there's there's a trailer out right now for Lower Dex that starts September 7th, I think. And in that trailer, uh, I think I think it was Boimler or Mariner. I think it was Boimler, though, that said, well, it said something about like, well, we don't want to talk about that Pike thing. <laughs> so right. right there. They already referenced it, so it's like, okay, yeah, it's going to slip in. I wonder yeah. if that's, do you think they're, uh, the crossover, um, do you think in the captain's log that Pike puts this in because it's a future thing or he's told to shut up and he's not allowed to say anything? I, think I would I would, I would, think that according to the temporal laws that they have to be acknowledged, they can't really say much. They can say a little bit, but I don't think they're going to want to say as much as they might know. True. You know, just because that might, it's kind of like, the again, the butterfly effect. You know, you'd say too much, someone hears it, they spread it to someone else, someone hears that, they spread True. it to someone else. You True. know, so my guess is they kind of clam up and they don't say much about it. Um, when they're still speaking to Pike, though, that we, we find out that, um, that, that basically those two know about Pike's future, um, what's going to happen to him, and, and Pike's trying to have a serious conversation with them, and he, he he's trying to it's like the dad's chat actually if you like um the father yeah. conversation with their kids the, the those two are like we know what happens to you in the future and he's like no 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 it's not actually about the future that that's that's fine it's actually i've handled i've accepted my fate or we hope he has um the, he's talking about his father um that his father he because pike doesn't want this birthday to go ahead he finds out this birthday party thing that's been planned and he's like, I don't want this to go ahead. But then Boimler's really sweet, and he's like, listen, Captain, we look up to you. You're a bit of an icon, but people would love to have another day with you. And Pike realizes what what's, what's what he's saying because he's like, his father died around uh, about this time when he was his age uh, back in the right. day. And he goes, yeah, you're maybe, he's thinking maybe you're right. Maybe we'll all let us go ahead and just have it. Not like Picard Day. Not quite as geeky and as sad as that. Uh, just like a he's, his senior crew having some birthday drinks for him and, and having a good day, which we see later on. That's amusing as well. Um, Card day is another whole story too, by the way. But oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I know it's not uh, a birthday the, celebration, but it's a celebration. So yeah. It, I thought it was a good bit of writing because he was trying to tell him, look, you know, maybe you don't care, but there's so many people like us that look up to you yeah. that would do anything to spend some time with you. Yeah. Because they don't know how often they may be able to spend time with you, and he, and you could see Anson Mount, such a great actor. You could see on his face, all of a sudden he started feeling bad a little bit, and he kind of realized 
what they're saying he's going like yeah i never really thought about it that way yeah you know and stuff and and so that was good there was some lots of good writing all through the the episode both in the comedy and the things and the and the, and the serious parts you know what the, what there were yeah yeah, no, I, I say they've got a stellar captain in Anson Mount. Perfect. Couldn't imagine everyone else being in that role apart from him. Um, and uh, Bondler and Mariner, when they're, when, when they're, they were trying to be subtle about Pike's future, but listen, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow, how long you'll be here. And that's when I think, when I said before, Pike goes, oh, don't worry about that. Yeah, that's, I, I, I know about that. And they're, oh, okay, well, we don't need to walk in eggshells. Because that's what they've been doing the whole yeah. time. Even though they've been making an arse of it and giving out clues left, right, and centre, they'd be the worst poker players ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very cool next scene, Gray. Um, as mm-hmm. we find out that each starship, and this is this will be your cue in a moment, pun not intended. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit of history fact on this one: that each starship is fitted from a tiny piece of the previous starship, like a handover, physically as well as the, the champagne on the side, that kind right. of thing. A legacy carried forward. Yeah, and that's coming from the fact that they don't have the matter they need anymore, but they can find it from an NX starship, which uh, has that old material, exotic matter in it. And I thought at one point, Gray, I was getting excited. I thought, oh, we're going to see the NX Enterprise. Hell yes. But yeah, we, I thought for a second. Yeah. There's no budget. You yeah. know there was never going to be budget for that because we saw the Orion yeah. ship. And I'm like, oh, please give us it. I mean, if it was Terry Metalis, he would have given us it. <laughs> but there is some, there is, and apparently this this material from the old ship, it's located somewhere in Enterprise, and they can pull the matter from that to put into the portal and, and do their thing. But there is a bit of actual real-life fact and history behind that one, Gray, isn't there? Yeah, because when I heard that, I was sitting there going like, wait a minute, because I know I've heard this before. And apparently there's a thing that uh, goes all the way back to the ancient Greek and Romans. They called it mast stepping, mast meaning the mast of the ship. Um, and what they used to do is they used to put coins at the base of the mast uh, under construction uh, to show uh, you know where the ship came from or where it was built, and et cetera. And then it, that kind of grew into actually putting pieces of, uh, of, a, of the previous ship as well as, as a way to carry the legacy of a ship forward to the next ship with the same name or it didn't ha- necessarily have to be the same name but that's but that is the real legacy so if you have a ship and we know uh for instance in real life that the enterprise has been different ships over time even here now into the star trek universe there's been lots of enterprises so what happens is every time a ship is called enterprise something they take a piece of the old ship and they bury it somewhere in the new ship and that continues so it's a real actual tradition which is nice, uh, and so they they took that and adapted it into keeping it that way in the naval naval type tradition, which is kind of cool. And of course, they follow the naval tradition. Of course, they do, but they do it a little. They, they do it very loosely, don't they? This is the Star Trek way. Mm. But I do like this element. The piece in matter, uh, the, the piece in question. Uh, I don't know which piece it was. Literally, it it's literally in a, like a vial, a capsule thing. I literally thought it'd be a bit plated underneath, but that's not going to be practical. It was on. It was in engineering the whole time. Pelly is not happy that her floor's been pulled up. Yeah. <laughs> Pull a plate of her floor off. What are, like, you what are you doing? <laughs> She's not happy. Pull this little vial or whatever the heck it was. And that's enough. It was right under their feet yeah. the whole bloody time. Um, which I found very, very amusing. So, no, that's a nice little history there. And I like to put things like that into Star Trek from time to time. Um, now, 
we find out also uh, the real reason Boimler has a poster of Una is actually because uh, she's a hero to him. Literally, not not pin up in that respect. That was lost in translation. Uh, it isn't a dodgy poster. She is fully dressed, as we find out later on. She is she is a hero to a lot of people, including Boimler. Um, she's looked at as being one of the best uh, first officers of all time, and he looks up to her. And I found that really sweet. He she kind of. Mm. She's a bit flattered by that, I think, a little bit grey. Uh, but she's yeah, going to be well, this person. He, uh, he revealed it this to Una. Maybe he shouldn't have, but he revealed it to Una. Una says, "Well, you should have led with that." <laughs> it's true. <laughs> she's been freaking out that the whole was episode. Great. She led with that one. That's like that's a good one. <laughs> but he basically told her that he, she was the poster child for re- Starfleet recruitment. Yeah. And then he quotes the Ad Aspra uh, thing, Ad which Astra. was the trial. Which was the trial, uh, yeah. that the ep- episode and stuff like that. So now she realizes that that made a big, a big difference in the yeah. years to come or whatever. Add so Astra, that was kind of cool. Uh, add Astra. Yeah. Uh, oh, I just said that. I just said that a minute ago, and I've already forgot. Um, anyway, yeah. Th- this is this is said in the transporter room when they're going to transport down to the planet with the matter that they need to get the portal working again, uh, and that was a nice little send off there. And as Boimler's standing on the uh, the transporter pad, uh, the season trailer that we saw where Mr. Spock does it, live long and prosper, Mr. Boimler, and he says, yeah, go live and, and prosper, and he makes a hash of it just as he's... He's a bit gobsmacked for a minute, doesn't see anything. He's like, I got the Vulcan salute, I got the stain just for me. And he makes a hash of it, he says it back a little bit, and then too late, he's, he's beamed down. Uh, that was a nice little scene, because Spock's a hero to him, of course, so... Um, well, also, if you looked at Mariner, mm-hmm. as soon as he does that to Boimler, Mariner looks straight at Boimler and just goes like, wow, holy crap. <laughs> he did that to you. Oh, yeah, true, 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 yeah, true. The whole true, scene, she gets, yeah. she gets real impressed and looks at him and goes like, you got that and I didn't? What? <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit here that you mentioned here about getting a message uh, off the uh, Orions. That was a good point. I didn't yeah. add that in, but, I mean, it's it's relevant. Grey Bell means mention it. Yep, and they also meant uh, what they did was Boim said that he had to figure out a way to get the Orions back to uh, to the portal. Yeah. He didn't tell the crew that the Enterprise crew about it because he wanted to try to work out a way to get the grain back or whatever. So he had already sent a message off, um, which of course was part of what, how he got in trouble as well. <laughs> um, and also there was a little thing that was mentioned in the episode that uh, Candy from lower decks his her great grandmother is on that orion ship yeah um and and it kind of made a, a reference to the fact that uh tandy always is saying not all orions are pirates and as we see in her time orions are are good uh people that do you know good things they're not all yeah. pirates um so i had a reference which is kind of cool it, it, yeah. it was a nice touch um it was because the 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 to give some context, the Ryans are there when they beam down, and then Pikes just comes clean and is honest and and is like, "Listen, I tell you what, we'll make a deal. You let us use this portal, and then you can take it, and you'll you guys will be the ones that will be classed as discovering it. How does that sound?" And he's like, "That's all I ever wanted. This is the start of them becoming not the stereotype of right. being pirates." Uh, and then, obviously, as Grace mentions there, the story about uh, Tendi's great grandmother, and he, the Orion captain, goes, "Yeah, she's on her ship, such and such." 
Tendi, whatever her name was. She's on the ship there. And all right, okay, okay, this is very cool. Um, they look more like realistic Orions, which I never mentioned before, Great, unlike the Discovery mm. Orions, who look like they had been through a plastic, green plastic melting <laughs> machine and, and banged yeah. on their faces. Oh yeah, well, Discovery's <laughs> great at doing that and screwing up the way the uh, the way the Klingons look too. Oh anyway. yeah, any any species you can name, they've got they've made they've made yeah, a, they got their own up. versions. <laughs> As... Like the Discovery version of. <laughs> like, nah. it was it was um it was a nice little uh, end at this section here, um, so this is why the history is rewritten because, at the very start, Boimler and Mariner well we. Starfleet Federation discovered a portal. What are you talking about? She's like, no, oh, no, my grandmother was on a ship. We discovered it. Yeah, yeah, shut up, Tendi. We're not listening to you. And then history is then at this point rewritten. They take the credit, rightly or wrongly so. You can make up your mind in that one. I think it was a nice sure. compromise, though. Um, yep. And they both go and step through the portal, one, one after the, uh, the other. And I like this little scene here because... There was a little nod to the Lord Decks music as they both go through and they yeah. kind of get a nod of respect from the senior crew almost of the Enterprise and especially mm-hmm. from Mr. Spock to Boimler as they go through. Um, and I missed out here as well. You mentioned, Gray, that you, we see the uh, the animated crew at the very end of uh, Lord Decks and we right. see the, what the poster really looked like and a little yeah, inappropriate he, comment. He's... He slid the, the the poster out from his bunk, yeah. And you see Una in her full uni- you know Starfleet uniform or whatever, Fully and it dressed. says the ad the ad Astra whatever, and how it look and how it's a recruitment poster. Yeah. And that was his poster that he hung up you know in his room and everything. So you see, it was a real a real thing, not a pinup. Do you remember the inappropriate so, comment from, uh, from the first officer? I've forgotten the first officer's name. Why is that went? Blank? Oh, give me uh, um, yeah, right, Jack. Uh, Jack, whatever, right? I can't remember now. I forgot. I forgot the commander's name on the Cerritos. That's bad. And, and, and yeah, I know it's bad. But he comes in and just goes, "Oh, a poster!" Like, oh, <laughs> he starts coughing. He's like, he's I like, forget. he's like, she, ain't she the hottest fine officer in the quadrant? Am I right? High five, and then Boimler reluctantly high fives. I give you a little fact here that not everyone knows. He's allowed to do that because. The Jerry O'Connell, I think the actor's name is, the actor that plays him, his wife in real life is Una Chin Riley. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, whatever, I can't remember. Rebecca remain. They are married in real life, so if it's your wife, you're allowed to you're allowed to do that, I think, with her permission, hopefully. Um, yes, of course. So that's a nice little touch here. I found that amusing. But he's a bit reluctant yeah, to high-five because cool. he's like, yeah, sure, bro, but, you know... And, I, and I noticed, that's not what it was for. Uh... And I noticed Becky, the way she speaks to the commander as well, like they've got this, I think they've worked it out. They've got this relationship where they're not so bitchy and moany anymore. They've got a kind of respect for each other, which we discovered in the last season. But she still right. speaks to him inappropriate sometimes, you know. And he 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 returns the favour, though. They've got this little bitchy thing. You, you can't speak to the first officer like that. She does because she's Mariner. But anyway, um, so sorry, I digress there. I just found that interesting. Um, the very end, we I love this. I love it. Before, before, oh, before we go to the very oh, end, oh, oh, there was there was one thing that was funny that uh, uh, when Boims and Mariner were in a room together talking about, like, you know, everything that's been happening or whatever, 
they make a comment to each other. I forgot who said what, but they're saying like, did you notice how slow they talk? I said, they don't, they don't, they don't talk nearly as fast as we talk. And that was a whole joke right in itself because on lower decks with this, and this happens in a lot of animated uh, films, the animated characters tend to speak faster because they can get more in, in the shorter time span. Yeah. And, and so to make fun of it, I thought it was hilarious. He goes like, so you see that they speak slower. Yeah. They don't, they don't speak as fast as we do. Yeah, and it was memo note. It was directly related to the to the animation style and how that works, and I thought that was pretty funny. Just nobody would get that unless they understood animation stuff. So get it, but it, I was I was impressed that they dropped that little that little one liner in there. Great, and and don't forget as well. Uh, that's probably true of real life as well. If you think mm. about way back in olden days, where there would be like English English, where they'd be like how are they today? And they would say it slowly and very posh and professional, you know? Right. But in modern days, we speak a lot more faster and slang and stuff and just because sure. that's the way things have evolved. So, yeah, it's the same here. That's a good point, Griff. Got about that comment, um, which I found amusing as well. Um, yeah. The ending was perfect because we see Pike's birthday with his senior crew finally, but they're animated. They are animated <laughs> at the end I personally loved this scene, Gray. We, we got we saw the animation of all the senior crew uh, in yep. Pike's quarters having drinks. The one thing I didn't like was they didn't get Pike's hair looking as good in animation as they did in real life. It, <laughs> it goes to here and it's flat. There's no like tangent up here. It just looks flat. It's raised a bit and then it's like flat here. <laughs> and hey, I know hey, he's laughing, but I'm like Pike's hair is phenomenal and actually. Uh, Boimler mentions that at one point. He sees it. it, He's like, wow, you're here, man. It really is as good as the pictures, isn't it? (laughs) So what what do you think? And again, and Anson Mouse still has those reactions in his face. He's so good with his face. (laughs) And as soon as he mentions the hair, he sits there going like, (laughs) like, 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 what? That was a nice little scene at the end, wasn't it? That scene in the animated Enterprise crew. Because remember, TOS done an animated season, which I have not seen and probably will never see, I'll be honest with you, but it's nice. (laughs) It's nice, so... Um, no, I thought it was. I thought it was really nice. It, did, it made sense too, just to kind of end it off on that, you know, and stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, I, very I, nice. I, it's it's it. I I'd imagine the 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 actors, the Enterprise actors, sorry, the Strange New Worlds actors would have loved to do this little bit of voice acting in the booth um, with uh, with the Boimler and and uh, Jack Quaid and I can't remember who plays Marin again. Telling them how it's done, basically, completely different way of acting. Um, so yeah, it was a lovely, lovely end to the episode. Uh, we also have the end credits were in the animated form again. I think were they? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. Um, so yeah, uh, Gray, what did you give this out of ten, and and why? Um, I gave it a nine out of ten. I I thought it was excellent. It was really enjoyable. Enjoyable. It was well written. Uh, obviously, well directed. It's Frakes was directing. Yeah. Oh. Um. I thought that the, I mentioned it before, that the Lower Decks crew said way too much about the future happening, so they should have they should have toned that down. Um, they could have written it differently and still been just as humorous, or maybe even more humorous, actually. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that kind of knocked me down, knocked it down a number for me, that, that that was just, it was just happening too much. They were just blabbing all kinds of stuff. Um, and and the, the Strange New Worlds characters were, were also asking occasionally to know more. Um, and once or twice they even said a little more, which they really shouldn't have. 
So I just thought that kind of was, eh, they kind of overdid that. But that's a real nitpick because nine is a, is a great number and it was a really, really good episode. So I, I, and I was so afraid that this could go so wrong. Um, I mean, yeah. I really, it could, and it could have went really wrong. Yeah. And so when it turned out this good, I was just like, wow, that's, that's just great. Now, of course we're, you know, don't well, know if we're going to, we don't know if the singing one's going to be that way, but it was going to go one of two ways. It wasn't going to be a mediocre, mediocre episode ever. It was either going to be really bad and fail, fall flat in its face, or it was going to be excellent. And it chose to be excellent. I do. I know something. I was going up and down with the score. One minute it was ten out of ten, the next it was nine and a half out of ten. Because sometimes I read Gray's comments and it makes me think. Because if you see if you have another opinion, it can change your mind naturally. Uh, uh, but you want to know something, Gray? It's going back to this. Because see the points Gray made is why I took it down half a point, but the point and I'll explain why I was in ten out of ten, then I went down to nine point five for the reasons Gray mentioned. But then thinking about it again, my final score is actually I'm going to give it ten out of ten because, like I say, those half those things took it down half a point, but that wasn't bad writing, bad directing, bad acting. That was those characters and who they are. Uh, that's who they are. They are they are people that make a hash of it. They open their mouths when they shouldn't. They weren't saying anything directly with breaking the t- the, the future time rules. Yeah. But they were they were hinting, which is sometimes just as bad because it's setting pressure on pe- putting pressure on people's shoulders. So I don't think that's a problem. The only small nitpick I've got is they got far too much free reign on the ship and their yeah. their entrance. But I can't knock i can't dock any points for that so i just came to a conclusion here gray that what i said sure you can yeah half a point i said sure you can no but then it's went back up again so no i've come to think about it i have a nine you gave a 10 so the average is 9.5 oh shut up um i came to a conclusion though listen hear me out i've only ever this is the third 10 out of 10 I've given any episode of Star Trek since Gray and I started reviewing this, right? The first one was, well, not, not in order. One of them was uh, episode nine of Star Trek Card season three, mm-hmm. which was wow. And the, the, the end episode was nine, so that was good as well. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. other episode, though, that got 10 out of 10 was Lord Dex season two, um, and that was the crossover with DS9. And and you seen a link here when they do crossovers. Yep. If you do well, you will get a ten out of ten because it's it's what every trek trek out there wants to see and an ideology. Right. You've just got to do it well, and that's what our that's where our concerns were coming from. They will make a hash of this, but I'm sorry, I thought negative. You guys done a great job. It gets a ten out of ten for me. So well, well done. Um, and it's great to me earlier on. We will be back at the, at the end of the week for uh, episode eight because... Before you know it. <laughs> uh, episode nine, I'm not looking forward to because it is the musical. And actors, a lot of the time, are trained to um, sing. It's, no, that is episode No, eight. hold on. Oh, uh, no, it's episode, the next episode. It's episode next episode. eight coming it's up the is Under the Cloak of War, which I assume is going to be Gorn. So if that's the case, then that might be pretty cool. So that might episode eight might be the Gorn episode. Nine is the musical, it's and then ten night. might be Gorn again, possibly picking up from where the left. Yeah, that off I don't from. know. Right. Interesting. Right. Yeah, I'm not looking so we have, forward we to. We have musical. a one week. We have a one week break before we get to this musical thing, which if you, you don't know what we're talking about. It was on Thursday. You changed your mind. Are we getting an episode on Thursday or not? 
No, we are getting an episode on Thursday, according right. to what I'm seeing here. I thought originally we weren't. I thought I saw a change. Yeah, but same. Then all same. Of a sudden, they could have they could have updated this since I read it the first time. True. Uh, True. But apparently, they're still going for it on Thursday. But that'll be the under, under the cloak of war. Okay. So, the musical is two weeks out, but we've right. already seen little clips of it and stuff, and we're just looking at it going, "What." <laughs> yeah, I'm not, we're not looking forward to it. Listen, I know actors are trained to sing a lot of the time, and they're usually decent singers, and they, they like singing. And, and, apart, they, and they love it. Apparently, they, like, they all have yeah. great... A lot of them... Ahura and, and uh, Pike are supposed to have amazing singing voices in this, so it's just... I'm sorry, it doesn't It doesn't work. We've seen that work the odd time. They've done an episode of The Flash where, where they crossed over with Supergirl, and they've done a singing episode, and it worked really well, surprisingly, because Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist come from the program Glee, which is a kind of singing musical type right. show anyway, and it worked. Right. They both have amazing voices. I don't think this will work. But then again, we had reservations about this crossover, so let's find out. Let's not judge it until then properly, mate, I would say. Um, but we'll be back yeah, whenever just, it shows. <laughs> I think when uh, there was a one of our other compadres that does stuff like this, the guy from Sidetrack, he had mentioned that... Uh, there was a Buffy episode, Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer, where they sang. Now, I'm a big Buffy fan, so I remember mm-hmm. that episode. And I really liked it a lot. It was very well done. But it 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 didn't really – well, how can I explain it? It was an excellent show, excellent musical, excellent singing and stuff like that. But it really didn't further any really thing in the story. It was just kind of a one-off knockoff. Kind Which of this will be. I guarantee exactly, it. and it was the kind of thing that, uh, and I'll give credit to the sidetrack guy. It's the kind of thing that you probably wouldn't watch more than once. Oh hell no, necessarily, That's you know, and stuff. So, but mm. then there was, the, but there's other episodes that are one off that you would watch again, like uh, even in TOS, the Tubble of Tribbles. I've watched the Tribbles episode many times. It, it you know, a piece of the action, like I mentioned to you, that was hilarious. Classic. Um, yeah. So all those you still would you know, would go back to. There was also an episode, I digress a little bit, on uh, Buffy where they never spoke a word. The entire yeah. thing was uh, was done. It was, uh, I think it was like a demon or something that caused them not to be able to talk. And so the whole episode was silent. It was really good. And you get paid full really rate good. for that still for acting. Apparently you don't have to speak as well. Oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. easy. <laughs> I, think they, I think they said something at the very beginning and then they all couldn't talk anymore. And then Until the very end. That, very very end yeah you have to do that. or whatever but but they did a great job they really pulled it off well so it was kind of interesting. well anyway this will be a one-off i think let's let's judge yeah. it at the end of it we, we, we've got reservations and rightly so but we'll, we'll see when we get to what the next episode we'll look forward to apologies this episode is going a bit longer just because it was such a good episode good. we have yeah. to talk about it a little bit more uh but yeah just quickly to wrap up the usual kind of call to arms there um You'll find this probably on the podcasting uh, side of things in any podcasting platform you listen to. And I'll be honest with you, Greg, possibly after my podcast subscription runs out with Podbean, I may very well just stick to the YouTube side of things because we don't get the same figures with that. And YouTube does podcast now as well. It's been rolled out to even more countries. So um, for now, you get us everywhere you listen to podcasts uh, at The Trekway and on Twitter as well at The Trekway. And my man here, Greg, does an entertainment podcast as well where... Things like Buffy and Angel have been name-dropped at some point and probably will be in the future. Um, pretty much anything there we'll talk about. Uh, that's at Grey's Green Room on all the podcasts and platforms and the YouTubes and also on the Twitters as well. And don't forget, I'm sure some of you guys, at least half of you will be gamers as well. Uh, Grey and I, uh, with our colleagues Nick and Ross, do a gaming pod uh, each week as well. 
and we can be found on all the same avenues um at extreme pc uk um and to make a note of that too if you should pick up on joining the uh, extreme pc uk discord. discord uh not only is it a great discord uh and because we're here for years we're there. <laughs> yeah there you go but the other good thing about it too is that we do a little entertainment chat towards the bottom of the discord and i have a room there called entertainment chat and we talk about what we're just talking about like yeah. all day long yeah so yeah. if you really are into this kind of stuff and talking about the strikes and everything going on Come on over, drop in entertainment chat, and have a have a nice little brouhaha with a, us. A brouhaha, I love that saying. I'll be I'll be honest with you, Gray. I think the entertainment chat often is more popping than the general chat. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes it can be, yeah. Many and, times. And, and that's a testament. I mean, Gray's getting all these these pennies worth there because you you could pay some pennies towards the server and you get your own channel to basically do what you want and within reason so fair fair and we make use of it um so please join us there if you want to talk about star trek in there we'll talk about star trek in there um but yeah and, uh, and by the way Tre trev will try to put a discord link in the bottom oh it's um, if it's not it is there i'm sure but i will make sure it is there if it's not it certainly should be that's the plan um but yeah we'll wrap up then guys thank you very much for your patience um you don't need to like or dislike just put a comment tell me some people left a comment last time and i love that thank you it, comment about anything would you like would you dislike we're going to have in a few weeks time some time to kill until september god when lord dex comes along so if you want to cover you want us to cover any specials tell us what you like what you dislike and trek and we could talk about it um but yeah uh until the next week yeah uh, thanks for coming along gray and people watching and uh, until then do your thing mr gray Live long and prosper, everybody. Bye. Bye. Come on.